unfolding the eternal excellences, the hidden insights of the truth and the depth of the riches of wisdom and knowledge. The Bible says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have not pointed to your weaknesses. He says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have pointed to your strength. And this is your strength, that I am Christ in you, the hope of glory. The glory of freedom, the glimpses into eternity. The gospel is not supposed to be an assumption. It's not supposed to be just a mere presupposition. Truth is older than language, but the word of God is way deeper than any human language. And now, Apostle Grace with the word.
and love Jesus in your own words. I feel God is loving somebody today. Something just happened a few seconds ago and I felt it. Somebody laugh. Hallelujah. Something just happened a few seconds ago. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. <laughs> the presence of God is here. 
listen if you're sick of anything right now put white spinning now put your hand white spinning whether it's a deaf ear or it's a blind eye if you came with a clutch I want you to lift it up now anybody with a clutch you didn't want to come with a clutch I feel there's a power to heal thank you Lord Jesus just receive your healing if you're sick now I feel there's a healing power right now praise the Lord Jesus Christ I feel God is establishing somebody in the name of Jesus Christ hallelujah 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 okay first Peter the fourth chapter the eleventh verse if you're there you say amen who is there hey there one two let's read uh huh should speak Zorokor of God. Read again. Hallelujah. Read it again. Read it the last time. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says that if any man should speak, let him what? Praise the Lord. The Bible says, if any man should speak, let him speak as the what? The oracles of God. Hallelujah. Some people read that scripture and think it says that if any man should speak, let him speak the oracles. You get it? He's not telling you to speak the oracles of God. In fact, the divine instruction there is very clear. If any man speak, he didn't say, let him speak the oracles. The word there as draws a very clear distinction on the mind of the spirit on exactly what God is implying. Are you with me? You see, it's one thing to say, if you're in trouble, speak the oracles of God. That's okay. Okay? If you're um, in diseased, speak the words of God. That's okay. If you are going through situation X and Y, speak the words of God. That's what? Okay. Are you hearing me? But right here I'm saying, the Bible says, if a man should what? Now, this is a man who has been dealt with God. Praise the Lord. God has dealt enough with him to have a certain sanity to send forth a spiritual instruction as such. Now, some of you must understand that there are things that are prompted by the Spirit, by God through us, to establish certain truths eternally. Okay? That is why the Bible says, speak the things that become sound doctrine. Okay? When the Bible says that speak the things that become sound doctrine, become sound doctrine, it means that there's a present continuous of the soundness of doctrines coming out of the spirits of men because of how much they relate with God eternally. Now, you and I know that the eternal plane of the spirit carries the entity called wisdom. When we are in the spirit realm, we function entirely on wisdom. We don't function on the ministration of faith. The ministration of faith is an earthly ensemble or assemblement. The ministration of faith works on earth only. It doesn't work in the spirit realm. 
Why? Because you see, when you come on the earth, they tell you that faith is the evidence of things not seen. Are you hearing me? And the substance of things hoped for. But when you get into the spirit realm, you don't hope. Are you hearing me? Because you behold the very substances. Okay? When you get in the spirit realm, you don't seek a place of evidence because that evidence is in the spirit. That is why the Bible says in the book of Hebrews 11, chapter, chapter 11, verse 3, that by faith we understand that the worlds were created by the word of God. And the Bible says, and the things that what? Which are seen, yeah? anything you see. The Bible says, are, are made of things which what? Do appear. Are you hearing me? Do you understand me? God has put a present continuous experience of things which do appear. Okay? That means that when the Bible says, I has not seen, it's in the class of things which do appear, meant to appear. Present continuous of those things coming. They are not yet seen, but they are there. Are you hearing me? So when the Bible says that the things which are seen were not made by the things which do appear. It means that there is a present continuous appearance of things, but that is not the determinant factor of you validating what is made. Because what is made is validated by the things that are not. But as long as the earth is, there will always be a present continuous experience of things which do appear. Are you with me? For example, if somebody does not have an eye, and then we pray for them, and an eye grows, the eye did what? appeared but eternally it existed because the bible is very clear that god is the giver of good and perfect gifts god has never created anybody imperfect because he's a perfect god the mind of god and the spirit of god has not intended to create imperfection why because he is the beauty and the perfection of every beauty that that shineth in zion god does not intend you see some people think i'll give you an example that God intended that me, I don't see, okay? Or God intended that I go through these kinds of situations and circumstances. God intended that I suffer this kind of problem in my life and all these kinds of things happening in my life is because the Lord intended it. But let me tell you something. All good and perfect gifts come from the Lord. And there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. God does not change his mind about what he gives you. Are you with me? Are you with me? Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. So you must understand that the mind of the spirit has taught us to accept that what, when we assemble on the earth and say, have faith in the Lord, every time we travel eternally, we realize that that faith is actually wisdom in God. The wiser you are in God, the more God is manifest in your life. That is why in Ephesians, the scriptures are clear of the manifold wisdom of God, which was given unto the church, to the intent that the principalities and powers and dominions of this world might know, praise the Lord, the demons, all, everything, every evil place in this the spirit realm, it has to know the manifold wisdom of God. In other words, the wisdom of God is the power of the Holy Spirit. God is further revealed in your life as to how wise you are. Because by wisdom a house is builded, by understanding a house is established, and with knowledge the Bible says the house is filled with all riches. Praise the good Lord Jesus. Am I making sense? Hallelujah. Am I making some sense? Now let's go deeper here. 
Therefore, if we go back in the presence of things which do appear, okay, and the existence of things which are not seen by the eye, naked, but are eternal, and they are of God, and they are spelled to our souls or spirits by the wisdom of God. When we seek the wisdom of God, the consequence of that is that there is a certain working of the word of God in our spirits. That's why he says, and this word shall not depart from your mouth. Thou shall meditate therein and day and night that thou mayst observe to do according. And then, then he says, and then shall you have, make thine way prosperous and have good work, success. There is a guarantee for every man who has conditioned him spirit to, to, to respond to the word of God. But it must begin eternally by wisdom, okay? That means that in every part of knowledge, there is a necessity of wisdom and understanding. That's why when he prays for the church, he says that the Lord God of our Lord and Savior might grant unto them the spirit of wisdom and understanding in the knowledge of Christ. That is when now illumination comes. The eyes of their understanding are enlightened. They are only enlightened because they carry the precedence of wisdom and understanding. Any knowledge that is not based on understanding and the wisdom might seem true to men but will not produce the results of the power of God because the word of God has its power from the understanding of the wisdom thereof. Are you with me? That is why the prayer of Paul to the church continuously and the prayer that every man ought to ask for has to work around the spirit of wisdom. In fact, the Bible says in James, if any man, okay, lacks wisdom, let him what? Ask. You just ask. You just ask. Don't ask for a car. Ask for wisdom. Because when wisdom comes, the car will come. Don't ask for a successful ministry. No. Ask for. Because when you carry wisdom, the ministry will come. Don't ask for a successful business. No. You ask for wisdom. Because when you ask for wisdom, the ministry Everything that you need is in there. Are you hearing me? Now, the essence of Christ coming to us, to whom the scriptures say, has been made our wisdom, our redemption, and our sanctification. That is where now the confusion is. Are you hearing me? And this is it. If this is the mystery, which was hid from the edges, pastor now revealed Christ in us, the hope of glory. But yet James tells us to ask for wisdom. What is the implication of asking for what we already have because it's embedded in the Christ? And that is when you understand that the true rendering there, even when you read from the root word of the Greek, you realize he actually says, condition yourself and separate yourself for the wisdom, which is in you by Christ. Are you hearing me? Every child of God in this room has a certain, has the measure of faith. Not a measure, but the measure. He has said, to us has been given the measure of faith. And that faith came with a certain word. And the primary word that was prophesied upon your life was the Christ sitting in you, the mystery hid from the edges past. And the Bible says, and in him are all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And that is why sometimes we go past the progressive line of what is taught to us in church, to the advanced and precise knowledge, the epignosis of God in our spirits. But it can only dwell in a man's life by faith. That is why it says that Christ, which is the word, may dwell in you by faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love might what? 
have a full comprehension with the saints what is the breadth and what is the length and that is where the depth and what is the height that is four are you hearing me huh four did you read them first go back what is the what the breadth what is the and what is the and what is the height of love hallelujah and that you might what to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge to know what passes knowledge. I don't know that you understand what I'm saying. To know what passes knowledge. That means that there is a knowledge above what you know as knowledge. That is why the Bible says that he giveth wisdom to them which are wise. Are you hearing me? Are you hearing me? He's saying, and to know, to know, to know what is the love of Christ, which what? Passeth knowledge. Are you hearing me? That ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. Hallelujah. Give me the Amplified Bible that. Give me the Amplification. That you may really, uh-huh. One, two, let's go. Come to know what? Practically, uh-huh. And experience through it. Uh, <laughs> practically through what? Experience, uh-huh. For yourselves, the what? The love of Christ. Which far surpasses mere knowledge without experience that's important that you may be filled through all your being and to all the fullness of God that you may have what the richest measure of the divine presence and to become a body listen wholly filled and flooded with God himself That means somebody can be filled and flooded. God has a purpose to get into your spirit and fill you so deep, flood you so much that when men look at you, they say that is God. Oh no, I don't believe that. God is up there and I'm down here. You know, God just saw this and saw that. You said, God, listen, the love that God shares with you is to the intent that he might fill you with everything that he is. Oh, oh. You see, some people have failed to settle it in their spirits that it is possible and it's God's divine mandate to give you the richest measure of his divine. I don't know whether you understand what I'm calling the presence of God. I'm not talking about, listen, it's okay to carry a fraction of the presence of God. But he's saying that he can work in your spirit to give you the richest measure of his divine presence. That when you get in a place, people look at you. I'm talking of the richest of his divine presence. The richest. The richest. If there is anything that defines the richest measure, you understand? The richest measure of his divine presence. I've realized that it is possible for that entity to flood a human soul. The church has to go past believing God for a miracle. The church has to go past believing God for a job. The church, listen. 
Imagine two men on the earth were filled with the richest measure of the divine presence of Jehovah God. Because that's the perfection there in his love. And that's why Paul says, and this is love made perfect. That is John. That we might have confidence on that day. The perfection of love. He says, this is love made perfect. That you might have confidence on that day. Which day? When the day the doctor tells you you have cancer. The day the doctor tells you you have HIV. He says, this is love made perfect. That you might have confidence on that day when they say you failed. On that day when they tell you that your marriage is over. On that day when they tell you that your ministry is coming to a halt. He says that you might have confidence on that day. For as he is. How is Jesus? Has he lost appetite over a promotion? Has he lost peace over an attack? Listen, as he is, so are we in this world. Oh, that is why Paul lost something. Paul lost something. He lost something. And he said this, listen, he said, and to keep me from getting puffed up because of the abundance of revelation, Now, let me explain the thorn in the flesh because many of you don't understand the thorn in the flesh. (laughs) You understand? Listen. He says, and least I should be what? Exalted above measure through the what? The abundance of the revelations, comma. There was given a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, least I should be exalted above measure. You find a funny guy. He doesn't even know the New Testament. And he has a thorn in the flesh. And he's also saying... Maybe I'm like Paul. Listen, 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 listen. This guy had an attack on his body. Forgot to remind him, hey, boss, you're too deep, but you're still human. (laughs) He did not want to be exalted above the abundance of what? Revelation. Paul knew too much. Are you hearing me? That there was a place of pride that would creep into his spirit. Are you hearing me? And a place of self-exaltation because of how much he had. Okay? Now, but the scriptures also take me back to the portion that says in the book of Psalms that before as afflicted I went astray. Are you with me? Now, it presupposes that there cannot be any affliction without a running away of a man from the true path of the spirit. Are you with me? Before I was afflicted, I went astray. Are you hearing me? So that means any man which is in a certain form of affliction carries a certain mind of going astray. So if it is so, how did Paul go astray? By the abundance of revelation. That is why the Lord works in his spirit to the ultimate realization of his mistake, which was... Knowledge puffs up, but love edifies. That was the mistake. Paul knew too much that he walked out of love. Because love is not boastful. Are you hearing me? If love is not boastful, and he's already boastful because of the abundance of revelation, the thorn comes. In fact, that's the presupposition that there is affliction for any man which walks out of the way of love. He says, and by this shall men know that you're my disciples because you prayed, because you fasted, because you gave a tithe, 
No, because you loved the brethren. Are you hearing me? That is what qualifies you and I to be just mere Christians to disciples of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Now record this with me. If Paul speaks of an exaltation that brings a certain affliction because of the abundance of revelation, and he now later realizes that knowledge puffs up and love edifies, and the Bible tells us that there is a knowledge which passeth knowledge. It means that even though Paul advanced in the abundance of revelation, there was still a certain knowledge not revealed to him. I don't know if you understand what I'm trying to tell you. Even though he excelled above all you could define as abundance of revelation, there was still a certain knowledge which was not revealed in him. And that knowledge is entirely in the center of the love of God. That is why when that love comes in the body of Christ, the Bible tells us that we carry a certain unity of the faith and that we might come to a certain knowledge of the Son. But you realize that that knowledge of the Son, you see, till we come into the unity of the faith, that unity of the faith creates a certain brotherly love. Are you hearing me? Phileo. And the Bible says, and of the knowledge of the Son. That's another level of God. And what happens, comma? And to a what? A perfect man. And to the what? The measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That means this is the order of knowledge. Knowledge. Too much and superabounding revelation. Love of God. Knowledge. Fullness of God. That's why when Paul says, for when I came, you remember the Corinthians? They're enriched in all and in all utterance. They come short in no gift, waiting for the coming of our Lord. When he goes in the third chapter, he says, uh, I wanted to speak to you as babes. Now, have you connected? I wanted to speak to you. He says, when I came to you, I could not speak to you as what? Spiritual. Chapter three. Yet in chapter one, they're filled with all knowledge. But when he goes to chapter three, because I realize many of you didn't understand it. You get now where I'm coming from? Do you get where I'm coming from? So, in chapter 1, they're filled with all knowledge, and they come short in what? No gift, even as the testimony of Christ is revealed in them. They see signs, miracles, and wonders. The power of God is so great. And then Paul tells them, uh-uh, when I came to you, I found you were still babes. Why? Because you skipped a certain place called the unity of the faith because of the bond of love. And because you did not understand the widths, the breadths, the heights, the depths of our love of God, you cannot be filled with the fullness which is of God. And neither can you enjoy the richest measure of the divine presence of Almighty God. Why? Because the church has not even understood the simplest principle, the unity of the faith. He didn't say the unity of faith. He's not talking about you and I joining our faith for the lame man to walk. He's talking about the unity of the what? Of the faith. Are you hearing me? He's not talking about a church that tolerates each other. He's not even talking about people who are behaving good to others. No. He's talking of a love agape. Because he knows in Corinthians that in see the fullness of the measure of his divine presence equals to everything coming possible. 
But consequently, they forget it is so hidden. First Corinthians 13 verse 8, when he says, And this love, agape, never fails. It can't fail to get cancer out of your body. It can't fail to do any miracle. It can't fail to, to expose anything to you as in the mind of the spirit and the very substance of revelation to your soul. Many people are denied because they have not really understood what it means to carry a relationship, a love relationship with God. For me, my biggest pain in the body of Christ today is that we are serving God out of duty and out of gifts. Because we can heal Oh, because we owe God a certain duty. Oh, I'm serving on committee X. Oh, I'm doing this on that. You realize that it's a dutiful relationship. It is likened to a woman who is married to a man, falls out of love with that man, and then you realize she still carries a certain relationship out of duty. I have to be submissive. Out of duty, I have to cook. Out of duty, I have to be in the relationship because of my children. Are you hearing me? And that is why in the book of Revelation, he speaks of the church which has forsaken its first love. First love is not the first way you felt when you received Christ. Because actually when you read the Greek word there, it is the person of Christ. We lost the person of Christ and became too busy with projects, too busy with human opinion, too busy with politics, too busy, and we left Christ. Now Christ to men is not relational. He's not teaching as he ought. Are you hearing me? And today we carry a certain indifference that can't even listen anymore. Because our hearing is too shut up to the mind of the spirit. Why is the church failing? Very simple. We are not in love with the guy we claim to submit to. You cannot ask a woman why her marriage is failing if, if, if she's not in love with her husband. If he doesn't love his wife, it doesn't matter whether he comes back at six. And that is why Paul draws the true distinction of the true laborers of God and busybodies in the faith. He says, for brethren, I reckon that amidst you are busybodies. We can do too much and people approve us as workers. Yet in actual sense, God sees bodies living and moving because they are not under the true action and leading of the Holy Spirit to even do what the Lord has called them to do. God help us. God help us. God help us. That is now why I understand the secondary labors of the man of God when he says, let us labor that we not lose the things which we have labored for. You know, that's now primary ministry because there are people who are still laboring to be rich, laboring to build a ministry, laboring to sing, laboring to become a successful worshiper, laboring to become a successful intercessor, laboring to become a successful piano guitar player, laboring to become a successful singer in the choir, laboring to become a successful usher, laboring to become a successful banker. And all of these are a success in our spirits because that's who we are. But you see, John says, brethren, look to yourselves that we lose not those things which have, we have wrought, but that we may receive a full reward. Because the fullness of our reward is not only in the works that we birth by Christ and the truth of the faith aligned to divine truth, but how we carry a certain knowledge to sustain what the Lord has built in us. If it is a prayer life, can it be sustained? If it is a fasting, can it be sustained? If it is a preaching, can it be sustained? If it is a relationship, can you still sustain or be sustained? That is why when we get to the areas of prayer, in fact, some of the true delusioners of the faith are the very men who teach us the forms of prayer. And when you go to the spirit realm, you realize that there exist no forms because God seeks a relationship. 
Your husband doesn't need a form of kneeling down. Your, your wife doesn't need a form of, you understand? We don't need forms. We need a relationship. It's not the midnight hour crossing over to the next day. Or the 3 a.m. when the demons are all up and about and which doctors are throwing tantrum here and there and holding their aces. No. It is entirely a relationship with a God who loves you so much that it can stir your soul every moment. And the Bible says, pray always by the Holy Ghost. Always. Pray no race. Pray no race. Pray no race. Not because you have trouble. No. Pray no race. Pray no race. Not because you are going through issues. You understand? It's one thing to pray when you're troubled. But when you're feeling joy. Are you hearing me? Listen. Don't be deceived. The Bible says he is the rewarder of them that diligently seek him. We are not seeing God because we are not seeking him. Listen. Look at everything from Topeka, Kansas City. Are you hearing me? Charles Palm with his boys praying to God and telling him, You either move or we don't get out of this room. I'm talking of that commitment. Eh? A man who locks himself up in a room and says, You either move us so much or we die in the room. Are you hearing me? I'm talking of a man who tells God, give me wells or kill me. I'm not talking of a prayer. Listen, I'm not talking of a place of desperacy because you are in a disadvantaged position. I'm talking of a desperacy with a faith in a God who must move because you have put a charge and demand on him that he must move. Are you hearing me? But you see, the challenge with us and the reason why it's hard for the church to carry that kind of relation issue is because it's a duty issue. It's, we are seeking God out of duty. Oh, I want to go to heaven. One time a successful minister, I know, sat on television and said, ah, I, I got saved because I don't want to go to fire. You understand? And I'm thinking, you see, okay, now that you are, you are God has confirmed it in your soul that you're not going to hell. Sometimes the indifference of, of the church is not that men don't worship. Sometimes the indifference of the church is that they worship a God they know not. That is why he begins on the well as asking for water, but he wants to introduce her to a certain well. asking for water doesn't need it he's eternal his meat is to do the will of the father and to accomplish it but he finds this dear woman and tells her you know what if you knew the water that I give unto you if you knew who asked for this water listen God is not coming in a relationship with us because of what we, we can do for him no he is seeking to establish a relationship with us based on what he wants to do in us. That is why the business is the explanation of how this water gets into the man and out of him flow rivers of living water or a living spring. That place where a man will not thirst. I don't know whether you understand. Where a man will not thirst anymore. That place where you can never run out of the anointing. That place where you can never feel like God has left you. You know, even people say those things. A guy says, you know, on Thursday, last week, I felt dry. I felt the Lord had left me. And I realized, no, this is duty. Because if you're dealing with a God who is out of duty, 
he can appear to walk. But if you're dealing with a God who is out of relationship, he promised you, I will never leave you. No forsake you. I am your ever-present help in time of need. You might believe me and I don't come through like you want me to come through. But even if you don't believe, I abide faithful because I cannot deny myself. When I entered this relationship, I didn't enter a relationship with you for us to be two separate entities against the devil. No. I entered this kind of relationship for us to carry one separate entity, you and I in one, that they might be one in me and I knew that we might be one. That the world will know that you called me. Listen. Some people think that the devil watches them when they are praying to Jesus. No. That is what you were taught. That is not the truth. He that is joined with the Lord is one spirit with the Lord. The Bible says that we've been made to conform to somorphosis in the very image and likeness of our Lord. Oh! Do you know what it... Oh! Listen. When the Bible says you've been made to conform to somorphosis, to look exactly like in representation and measure of authority and power. It means the devil doesn't look at you and identifies you as Joshua. No. He looks at the Christ. That is, listen, the true confusion of hell is how you get into such a room and see thousands of the same man who has a problem for you. You didn't get it. So, when the Bible says in the, in the Old Testament, in the dispensation of Exodus, the more they were afflicted, the more they multiplied. It is deeper than that stepmother standing witchcraft on you. It is deeper than that cousin of yours who say that you'll never marry. That auntie who cursed you. No, he says the more they were afflicted. Listen, we considered him afflicted and smitten of God. But when he's being beaten on these things on the cross, the Bible says that he purchased our eternal salvation. He said, it is a good thing for you that I go. For I have many things to expound. But I realize that you're unable to hold. Only secret that the devil has kept nothing in me. But Lord, I will come back. But I will not come back in the flesh. Because his problem was one man walking in Nazareth. I'm going to come back in hundreds of... In hundreds and thousands of people. This is eternally the mystery. Paul can't understand how this one seed of God can multiply himself. And then he tells Abraham that I shall give you a seed. And that one seed. And the Bible says in Galatians. And he spoke as of seed one. Not as of seed many. So that you don't think that he's talking about the biological guys who come out of the loins of the Christ. He says, now unto Abraham, unto his seed, were the promises made. He saith, not unto seeds as of many, but as of two, one seed, unto thy seed, which is? And then it goes in 26, 29. He says, and if ye be, then are you? Don't you take it there. And if you be, Christ then are ye Abraham's seed and theirs according to the promise. Not as of seeds many, but of seed, which is Christ. And then he tells him, and your descendants shall be as the stars. If a man should speak, let him speak 
as the oh 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 in the beginning was the word the word was with God the same was in the beginning with him and nothing that was made was made without him in him was the life and the life was the light it shines in darkness and darkness comprehendeth him not he became flesh we beheld his only glory as the only true son of full of grace and truth and that is the Christ And then he goes back. And then he says, I am coming back again. As the word. I'm not going to take on the form of a man. No. I'm going to enter your form. And when he enters your form. Banangi. 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 Olina kuganti baamulose. Listen, how can you tell me that they can bewitch Jesus Christ of Nazareth? How can Jesus suffer from cancer? How can Jesus die of HIV? How can Jesus fail in marriage? If a man should speak, let him speak as not the oracle. But as. Uh-uh. Don't talk like Mukama. This is me, Matiansi. As. You know why you don't get miracles? It is because you speak to God, the oracles. You don't speak as thee. Listen. Let me ask you a question. Supposing Jesus went to a doctor and the doctor told Jesus, you have cancer. Ah, ah, ah. That is a spoken oracle. That is a spoken oracle. The Christ would laugh. The Bible says he looks from above and looks at the derisions of men, them which plot against you. And the Bible says, and the Almighty laughs. He that sitteth in the word shall what? Uh-uh. Go to the verse before. Go to the verse before. Go to the verse before. Uh-huh. Why do the what? The heathen rage. And the people imagine a what? A vain thing. The kings of the earth set them and the rulers take counsel together against and against his what? The one who wants to bewitch you. Listen. And he says, let us what? And cast away the coats from there. Uh-uh. You didn't get it. Let's go back. Let's go back. Some of you. Okay. Give me the message version. Begin from verse 1. <laughs> Listen. Uh-huh. One, two, three. Let's go. Why the big noise? Nations. Why the mean plots? Peoples. Those who will be with you. Have leaders push for position. Demagogues and delegates meet for such dummy talks. The God deniers. The Messiah defilers. Uh-huh. Let's get free of God. Cast loose from the anointed one. Uh-huh. Heaven throne, God breaks out laughing. At first, he's amused.
Olabi katochi tegede. Echi kusasa. Chini mamuluganda chino. Echi kusasa. Siku banga. Siku bango yagala jigende. Na yewe unya. Na yawa dalo oza. Asobola kune mesomulimu. Asobola kune mesomu fumbo. Asobola kune mesamaka. Asobola kune mesomu wereza. Asobola kune mesabusiness. Asobola... Come on, take a second and laugh. No, you're not laughing. You're pretending to laugh. Laugh. Laugh at witchcraft. Laugh at those who plot against you. Laugh at disease. Laugh at cancer. Laugh at HIV. Laugh at the spirit of death. Laugh. He says, Laugh ye, O barren woman. Listen, I speak this as a man of God. God is about to shock people concerning your life. He's about to shock people. Some of you, they think you can't come out. You can't make it. You can't go anywhere. You can never be anything. But look and see. This, this is tell your neighbor it's a seed issue. The Bible says, and he shall be, he shall see his day. What does the next line say? He shall lengthen his days. You, some of you. The Lord saw your day and he realized he had to lengthen it. Do you know why we don't stop the sun sometimes? Is because the victory he gave to Joshua, the Bible says that he killed, he gave him victory for the day and realized that he had killed less the number he had to kill that day. That's why he stopped the sun. For you, God, when you became born again, he knew that you might kill slowly and he made your days longer. He shall restore the years. And listen, which were eaten by the conqueror. I don't care whether you lost five years without a job. I decree and declare in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. He will lengthen your days. The Bible says he shall see his seed. Not seeds. Uh-uh. He said he shall see his seed. And he shall lengthen his days. Because he knows your time to kill will need more hours. That is why when he looked at the man which is under the shadow, he told him that, in Amplified, only a spectator, inaccessible, shall you be, uh-huh, read, only a what? Shall you what? But yet what? Inaccessible. In the secret place of the Most High, as you witness...
Some of you, you're too religious. You can't even clap your hands. You, you don't know what the Lord just said. A thousand will fall at your side and ten thousand on the other. But none of these things shall in any means That's why I told the Christian, piece of advice, piece of advice. If you go to somebody and the prophet says they are bewitching you, that they sleep longer than usual. Because you can't have two watchmen. And he that watches over you. Neither sleeps. No slumbers. Now, the other day the Spirit of the Lord was, he asked me a question. He told me, let me ask this and finish. He told me, you find a man in the Old Testament, not born again, because he's not a new creation, by the shedding of blood at the cross. He's just a living soul with a relationship. And then he gets a crazy idea. Eh? Not of God visiting his pocket. Not of God visiting his family. Or getting him a new house and a car. He gets a crazy idea. That God can burst forth out of heaven. <laughs> you don't get it, do you? I think it's 64. Isaiah 64 or Psalm 64. Isaiah 64. Read it. Verse 1. Uh -huh. Read. Oh, that thou would rend the heavens, that thou wouldst come down, that the mountains might float down. Listen to what happens to the presence of God. So when, when I'm defining the richest measure of his divine presence, listen. A guy imagine that God can render from heaven and just tear heaven and come down and mountains start to hurt. And he says that you can reach that level. You don't get it. And then you find a Christian worried because the land, landlord, landlord, carry the whole area where they rent and tell it be cast in the sea. He said, by faith, you shall speak to this mountain. Be thou removed and cast yonder. And he says, nothing, nothing shall be impossible. definition here impossible. Impossible means it must work. I've seen men raised who are going to stand before mountains. Now, let's just say mountain is dead. And there's a man with debt. They call in a meeting and the man's debt just leaves. Let's just say a mountain is cancer. They call you in a meeting next to a woman in cancer. You sit next to her. And then cancer disappears. 
te wasabye ah te wasabye na yori let me tell you do you know why you can never be defeated you're not alone you're not alone tell your neighbor it might be small even if you feel big you say tell your neighbor it might be small you might not know who you're seated next to I indicate I have something on me tell your neighbor I have something on me angel in the book of Luke got too confused in the book of Luke the angel got confused and he says and that thing that you will have shall be that thing yes we are thing Tell your neighbor and decay. Give somebody a high five of and Don't worry, you just say it. I see some British ladies there. You just say it. You say Nikechintu. Say it. You just say it. Nikechintu. Oh my God. The catching to Mufumo, the catching to Mueres, or the catching to Listen, we are not alone. All about Yagenda Kempe was there, were we? Never Muduka. More than that, Nagana Kumulokori. He, he doesn't say that the spiritual man has a certain wind. No, he calls them the wind. He says, and so is everyone which is spiritual. For they are like a wind. You know it's not. No whether they. But you what? You feel the effect. Atamani Jovata Sola Kutja Kumulimo. Ataku take a spirit, itasola kugoba. Tonati tegehera. If God be for you. If God be for you. Nobody can be against you. Now, if I existed in the days of the psalmist of Isaiah, and he says, All that you would rain, Apostle Grace would just have to appear. You see, they come to Jesus, show us the Father. If you have seen me, Ah, You've seen 
Have fun. And then he makes a mistake and enters you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Tell you never speak as the oracle. Go past speaking oracle. Go into the knowledge of speaking as the oracle. Hallelujah. Now when you speak as the oracle, sometimes it's even beyond what you speak. I told people one time a woman with a swollen leg called me and I said, hello, shrunk back. Because the oracle said, hello, you sent your word. <laughs> I want you to stand up and just take a minute and speak as the oracle. your hands in the heavens so high to the sky I rarely do this but I have to do it there's something some of you have been calling the power of God upon your life But somebody is about to move in the tangible power of God. It is crazy. It is heavy. It is unpredictable. Right now, Holy Spirit, separate somebody now. I know you have power. I know you speak in tongues. But this is something else. This is something. Just put that brother down. This is something else. Just put him down. This is something else. Power of the Holy Ghost. The Lord just told me that somebody is about to move in signs, miracles, and wonders that have never even been read about. Receive it right now. Receive it right now. For what eye has not seen, what ear has not heard, you're about to move in a glory that nobody, nobody has heard and seen. I know who I'm talking about. You're too pregnant to hold that thing inside. There it is. 
There it is. There it is. There it is. There it is. There it is. I'm not talking of what men have seen. I'm not talking of what you've seen on television or in Healing Chronicles. I'm talking of what I has not seen. What I has not seen. Listen to me, saints. I feel there is revival in our land. I feel there is a hunger for men to seek God in this generation like there has never been in the history of our nation. And any man who dares to call on the name of Jesus, they will be filled. If you're a prophet, raise your hands right now. Look at that. If you're a prophet, just raise your hands. Even if you don't know that you are, it's coming right now. Right now. As the oracle. As the oracle. Sweet as Jesus. As the oracle. Wonder. As the oracle. I see an apostolic mantle. Oh, oh, look at that. Look at that up there. <laughs> I see an apostolic mantle. Help the people who are standing up there. God separates you. God is going to take you places like you've never imagined. Jesus Christ is going to lead you to places like you've never seen. What a above knowledge and the morning starts in the name of Jesus take it in the name of Jesus take it things are going to start happening to you. You're going to fall in love like you've never been. You're going to see an anointing like you've never seen. You're going to move in a glory like you've never moved. You're going to see like you've never seen. You're going to hear like you've never heard. 
I want you to give the Lord a mighty hand of praise. The message you have just heard was brought to you by Fenero Ministries International. For more information, contact us on telephone number 041-466-4291 or email us at fenerocompala at gmail.com. You can also find us on the web at www.fenero.org. Or better still, feel free to join us every Thursday for our weekly fellowships at Uma Multipurpose Hall from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. You can also catch the live stream at livestream.com slash Fenero. Fenero, make manifest.